Hey, everybody, it's Anna J. Wallner with the Author Library, and today I am joined by Mark Leslie. Mark, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, Anna, thank you so much for having me on the show. I am a writer of uh, ghost stories, true ghost stories. I'm a writer of thrillers, speculative fiction, lots of creepy kind of tales. And, uh, and I've been a book nerd my entire life. Uh, if I go back, I think my first short story was published in 1992. And that was the same year I started working as a bookseller because I just had to be around these, these bookish things. Yep. Barnes and Noble for the discount. What's that? I said I worked at Barnes and Noble for the discount. <laughs> it wasn't for the high pay. It was just for the discount, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. And no, I would never have guessed, you know, with the um, with the guy in the background there that um, <laughs> that you wrote about anything spooky. Yeah, but, no, no, it's just normal, normal stuff in someone's house. <laughs> a skeleton named Barnaby back there. Um, so Mark is the author of the Canadian Werewolf series. It's a paranormal thriller with a bit of dry humor. I mean, just from the first page, I love the wit and the style. How did you come up with the storyline? It's so unique. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I think the, the concept was, uh, I was writing a short story for an anthology uh, and it was called The Beast Within. And what they wanted to do is in the short stories they were looking for is they wanted to look at the, the man behind the monster. They wanted to look not at the monster part of the person, but the, the human. And I was thinking uh, after my, it was one of my first visits to New York, what would it be like if I was a werewolf in a big met metropolis like this? Where would I go to run around as a wolf? And uh, this werewolf has no conscious uh, connection between wolf and human. So it's like he, he blacks out, doesn't know where he is, wakes up naked somewhere. And, and so how would you have to deal with it? And you would have to have a sense of humor when you wake up in the wrong location, your stuffed clothes that you put aside are no, are there because maybe a, a homeless person took them because they needed them. <laughs> uh, and, and, you're, and you're trapped trying to, you know, find like discarded clothing and things to <laughs> newspapers to wrap around yourself. So it, it's kind of like a lot of ghost stories to me are like, because sometimes when, when the absurd happens, when you're like, oh my God, I got no other choice but to laugh. And so my main character is very much sardonic. He's got that sort of attitude uh, as well. And his observations, he's a, I, I describe him as an alpha wolf, but beta human. He's a stereotypical Canadian living in, in Manhattan. And uh, he's a pushover. He's a people pleaser, a boy scout. He just wants to help people and be nice. So he wouldn't say crap if he had a mouthful of it because he will not say things like that out loud, but he'll think them. And so the reader gets to it gets a peek behind the scenes of, of the funny comebacks he comes up with, but isn't brave enough to say. Oh, I like that. Uh, that, that, that is, like I said, you get it from the first page that, that this is, um, that, that there's this wit and kind of a, a, a lighthearted take on the, the trope, the vampire, or, or I'm sorry, the werewolf trope. Um, so the center, uh, the series centers around Michael, who is, um, a writer with a secret. Mark, um, are you a werewolf? Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure, but sometimes I black out 10 days during the month, like the cycle of the full moon. I have no memory of what happens. 
Uh, I actually, you know, as I get older, I mean, I'm having hair growing on all kinds of strange places on my body. So who knows if that maybe I am part wolf, but I, I just can't grow it up here. <laughs> I just had to ask because because as 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 a writer of of vampire um, uh, fantasy, I get I get asked that question. Believe Are you it or a not, vampire, you get asked that. <laughs> I do, I do. So um, and, and I'm like, um, well, what do you tell? I can't really say. <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I would have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I would have I, to bite your, I mean, I would have to. I <laughs> know. Are you sure you want to know? <laughs> uh, well, the series, uh, the series starts with, um, with uh, the Canadian werewolf in, um, in, in New York. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. And then it continues with stowaway and then fear and longing in Los Angeles. I, I just, I love the brilliance of these clever titles. I mean, even the titles are witty. Thank you. Um, and now, Bright Nights Big City is up for pre-order, giving you guys plenty of time to catch up on the series um, <laughs> because it won't release until December of this year. Yeah. So, I, what do you... Um... What are you most excited about for the new for, for the newest book? I uh, I'm in the throes. I'm 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 halfway through Fright Night's Big City, and it was kind of funny. I when I started to write, um, so the titles I have to go back to that is yeah. I wanted um, the the title of Canadian Werewolf in New York was meant to be you're supposed to get darkness and humor together, right? And you're supposed to have that somewhat familiar because American Werewolf in London did have some dark humor to it. It so did. I wanted it to be familiar and yet unique. Um, Stowaway is a play on words because they're on a train going to Stow, Vermont. So that's like a shorter one. It's a novella length. Um, and um, yeah, Fear and Longing in Los Angeles. Again, I wanted to play on the Hunter S. Thompson thing. And uh, I was in the middle of, uh, it was about three quarters of the way Fear and Longing in Los Angeles. And all I kind of knew was how it was going to end. But I had fallen in love with some of the characters that Michael meets. Um, and a plot change happened because she yeah. came into his life and suddenly changed his life in a different way. And, and I started to follow that instead of going on the original plan. And I realized that this was going to be a 200,000 page book, which I didn't want it to be. Cause again, I had a pre-order deadline to, to get to. So I was three quarters of the way through that. When I realized I'm not going to finish the whole story arc, I'm going to finish one story arc. He's going to resolve the longing in this one, but not the fear. <laughs> and so I was in the midst of that. I, I stopped writing one day in the middle of it and I had the idea of what was going to happen next. So I had to wrap some stuff up and I also had to leave some things hanging. I reached out to my cover designer and, and the, the title Fright Night's Big City based, you know, that old movie and book of the same name. I was like, okay, perfect. That works well because you've got the fear. Um, and I sent my designer like, you know, a paragraph and said, here's what I'm looking for. And three hours later, he fired back this gorgeous cover. We made a couple tweaks back and forth. I put that up for pre-order before I even finished the other one. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm having so much fun because I set up a whole bunch of stuff in book in, the, in that book that I can come back to and, and explore in more detail rather than go, oh, no, I only have 20,000 words to wrap things up. Um, so right. that's been, that's been a lot of fun. I am, uh, I started at the beginning of May, every morning, the first hour, I would just sit down and, and work on it. And again, this morning it was just, uh, I'm actually, I'm waiting for an order of some books on demonology and, um, 
witchcraft and occult. Um, you know, I, yeah. If anyone looks oh, at what I've ordered, they're, they're like going to be a whoa. <laughs> but I have to, um, I, I have to figure out some of the some of the mechanics, um, the, the mechanics of the of the evil. <laughs> No, no, I, uh, yeah, you know, and our internet search histories are just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how to exsanguinate or uh, uh, most efficient ways to exsanguinate a human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting rid of, well, yeah, little things like how do you get rid of a body and stuff like yeah. that. Things that you we know? look up all the time. <laughs> oh, friends. <laughs> body decomposition rates. Yeah, no. all those things. Yeah, I, I, it's terrifying. Um, it's like a, a writer lives here. Don't be, don't be afraid. <laughs> we need to make that sign and sell it. Seriously, yeah. that's that's awesome. So, I, um, do, have, have you always been like a lover? I mean, it sounds like it. A, a lover of of fantasy and and writing fantasy and books and movies. Yeah, I have Especially always paranormal. Always been in, interested in the paranormal, in the in the what if, and I was always afraid of the monster under my bed. I still am. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of the unknown. And and I think a lot. Maybe writing has just been therapy my entire life. But yeah, it's always fascinated me. My mom still, you know, loves a nice romance, and and she still says, "Mark, why can't you just write a nice story?" <laughs> and so she's not my she's not my reader. But um, yeah, it's it's always been something that's fascinated me. I've always because because again, I, the speculation of what if what if you were cursed with a werewolf curse and you lived in in Manhattan? How would you get by? What if you were a vampire? What if my best friend was you know the undead or whatever? Like any of those things can 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 spark ideas. And 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 I think the thing that's interesting, and I'm sure you know this, is you put people in a situation that is beyond normal. It's just a little absurd. It's a little strange. And you just watch how they react. You put a character in a situation and you'll watch how they react. Right. That's fun. A, a lot of character, character development really happens as the story progresses. And sometimes, as you said, especially, I mean, I, I can already tell we're, we're, we're pantsers. So, um, you know, it, you really, you surprise yourself as a writer sometimes because you're just like, I didn't know he was going to do that, but it yeah. makes perfect sense, yeah. you know? And uh, sometimes your, your, your characters pleasantly surprise you. Sometimes they piss you off and sometimes they pleasantly surprise you. Yeah, I had that happen in Stowaway where he, uh, where Michael meets uh, Bridget, um, a, a young teenage girl who's... Um, she ended up becoming a gigantic book nerd and she was a fan of his. So this really interesting sort of father-daughter protector dynamic where she ends up mentoring him in, in some ways and he mentors and protects her. But I had no idea how much I was going to love this character until she opened her mouth, until Michael met her and they started talking and I just recorded what they said. And I was like, I really like this interaction between these two. <laughs> Um, and that I, again, because I'm a pantser, I was like, okay, I got to have this, this, and this, and this happen. Let's see what, let's see how we get there. Right. Exactly. You know, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's part plotting and part pants. It's just like a planter, you know, I, I mean, we kind of, we kind of know where it's going to end and what, you know, milestones we need to hit along the way. 
But other than that, how we get to them is completely up yeah. in the air, which is part of the fun of it. I mean, I know, yeah. I know that you have to have, you know, surprised yourself. It happens, right. happens all the time. It really does. I think you talked about this earlier when before we started recording, but uh, I got this, uh, I got this information from Dennis Hamill, when I was writing a Canadian werewolf in New York, the first version of the book back in 2006. Uh, I reached out to him. Uh, I love his novels. He's a great novelist. And, and I knew he lived in Brooklyn, because um, all of his books had this great sense of neighborhood. And, and I, uh, this is prior to Google Maps being very useful. Right. A long time ago. And I'd only been to New York once or twice, so I hadn't really had a chance to explore. And I was just asking him for some tips about what this neighborhood is like at a certain time of day. And he gave me a brilliant writing advice. And, and one of the things I do now that he said was, go for a walk with your character and listen to what they have to say. Listen, pay attention to what they notice that's different than what you notice. And, and what when they see something, what does that make them want to talk about? And you're like, wow, that is so much fun where I go for a walk talking to myself and people look at me. Yeah. So I always make sure I put a, a headphone in, pretend I'm <laughs> talking on the phone or something. I know I do that. Um, whenever, whenever I'm writing dialogue, I will read the dialogue out loud uh, with one character and then to the other character and to see if it makes sense to see if that's something that sounds believable, you know, to, uh, to, to have that kind of dialogue. And I'm just expecting, you know, all the AI devices in my house to be like, you know, secretly <laughs> sending stuff to the. <laughs> should we continue to. Or should, or should we just write this one off? Because. <laughs> This is just getting ridiculous. But um, so, so I have to add, I, I, I really do just, what is your favorite werewolf movie? I mean, are we gonna go with the classics here? I mean, because an American werewolf in London, absolutely classic. Yeah. Can't go wrong. You know, I'm not a huge fan of werewolf movies. Um. I'd have to, my, my favorite werewolf media is okay. uh, probably Bitten, which is based on Kelly Armstrong's novels. Uh, and, and, and that's more human to wolf rather than like standing werewolf that looks more like I was a teenage werewolf kind of thing. Right. And so um, I prefer that uh, genuine transformation into an actual genuine Animal. canine as opposed to a half man half uh, wolf so i'd have to say yeah and there was the a tv series bitten which i think i watched uh i probably watched the first half of the it first season familiar. it sounds familiar yeah um, and so yeah i don't know um i'm not I, again it's it's weird i'm not a i'm not a major a fan it was just like this werewolf happened to be a thing i end i've ended up buying books about wolves for research and, and all the all the research and history of werewolf lore and legend to just familiarize myself, but right. I'm not I wasn't all that familiar until I started writing it. Uh, mine has got to be um, it's a very little known uh, movie um, that actually hails from the UK, and it's called Dog Soldiers. And I've heard of that. Yeah, it is 
phenomenal. Although it is the, it is the standing werewolf. If I had the money, I would buy one of these costumes, but I live in Texas and someone would probably shoot me. Um, But um, I would walk around the neighborhood in this thing uh, because they are the, I'm sorry, but I love the old monster movies, latex, real costumes where you have costume artists that put their heart and soul into transforming these characters. You know, uh, CGI just doesn't do it for me. You know. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's it's a lot. There's a lot more physical acting involved in that. Check it out. Dog Soldiers is awesome. Yeah, you know what? Somebody else had mentioned that. I have it on my two watch list. It's so. so hard to find. Like it's not very well known. Um, and I think the the way that it's the way that the movie is put together, I believe I'd have to look it up, um, but I believe it was like a mini series that got turned into a movie, like all put together. Oh wow! And okay. So, uh, but it is the the ending is like crazy, and it's my must watch Halloween movie every year. Oh wow! I'm gonna have to make sure I, I check that out. So, but I do want I I do want to just kind of round back to the fact that you do you did do your your research on actual animal behavior for uh for wolf pack dynamics which is which is awesome uh there's that level of authenticity and uh uh intellect in the books as well thank you thank you appreciate that yeah guys make sure i have um i have mark's links down below so make sure that you check out the uh, first uh, books in the series and then uh, get caught up on those because the last one is coming out Fright Nights, Fright Nights, Friday, Friday Nights, Big City, Fright Nights, Friday, Big City. Big city. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it, it's when you pick a title that confuses with a, another title, that's the risk you run into, right? Right Nights Big City will be out December of this year. So you guys have plenty of time to get uh, caught up on the series. And uh, I'm going to check that out. I mean, like, I really want to, I really want to know. So. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. It was fantastic talking with you. Yes, it was awesome to talk with you as well. Everybody, if you haven't already, make sure and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on some um, great upcoming content. And uh, just stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks, guys.